0: What is up, everyone, and welcome
1: back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swart, and guys, we have a really awesome guest today. His name is Joe Schmernick.
2: Schmernick, yeah, Schmernick, <laughs> that's right.
1: Schmernick, yeah, I'm trying to mix where I live, Smyrna, with your last name. Yeah. Uh, happens. <laughs> uh really, conf- really tough to pronounce last name. I'm also really bad at just pronouncing names in general, so I apologize for that. But guys, uh, Joe, Coach Joe, I'll just go with that. Coach Joe, um, it's easier, for sure, it's easier. Uh, He is a badass strength and conditioning specialist, guys, who does a lot of work for our digital, or not a lot of the work, he does most of the work for our digital um, online training platform, and it's gone really well. This is something that um, with COVID, uh, you, you know, every business has been kind of trying to pivot and figure out how can you continue to add value in people's lives with some of the difficulties that are kind of coming around. And we kind of honestly kick ourselves in the butt for not thinking about this sooner because this has been a really awesome way for us to positively impact um, the people that we have the opportunity to work with and, and interact with and in, in a lot of different ways. So uh, we're, we very fortunate to have Joe uh, available to help us out. So without further ado, coach Joe, man, what is up? And uh, thanks so much for your time and coming on the show.
2: Yeah, man. I'm happy to be here. uh, I want to bring up something. You brought up a really interesting point about like how this pivot and what AP is doing to this digital platform. But I I think it's something that you see a lot of folks do. I mean, even in like right now, um, I'm big into like the hunting and fishing space personally. And just watching like even how different fly shops have to pivot. There was one around here that's not doing really well. But then there's another one up the road that decided to like, we're going to start a subscription service so Mm -hmm. we'll get local tie we'll get local guys to tie local flies and then we'll accompany that with some sort of like um information letter so you can know where to go around here and they've started a neat little subscription thing so awesome i know it sucks for folks but you know you you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do
1: you gotta adapt man you gotta you gotta be able to um like i said earlier like you gotta show value somehow um like just because just because there's a, a pandemic that nobody saw coming apparently um but uh, just, a, just a global disruption to everyday life does not mean that life stops happening. Um, yeah. And you gotta, you gotta be able to continue to adapt and, and thrive. And and the ones that can figure that out, the ones that can be creative, we probably the ones already adding a lot of value to people's lives to begin with. Um, yep. but they, they were just, just continuing to do so. So that's awesome that that fishing company is doing that. I see a lot of, I tell you what, man, I think a lot of restaurants, uh, especially some of the restaurants here in Atlanta, there's some that are just absolutely crushing it. I'm sure giving doing better results or doing better numbers wise now than they ever did trying to staff a full staff and, and, and run a full location, have a full kitchen going. Um, I've got a friend, she is part of this group. I think they're called Epic kitchens. I think if okay. I'm right. But Right before COVID hit, they uh, they they were trying to establish this model in Chicago that um, is essentially almost like a um, like a group like a like a we workspace kitchen <laughs> uh, okay. or a shared workspace kitchen. Um, we're say like a restaurant may not have the kitchen capacity to be able to take a bunch of online orders or a bunch of to go orders, but that's a big part of their business, or they want to bring that on as part of their business. Well, instead of having to like expand into a whole nother location and have a bigger kitchen or anything else. Um, they can just hire this service or pay like a subscription to this, to this space to be able to do so. And it's a lot more cost effective that way too. Oh, cool. Um, so you
2: just like lease the, the kitchen, I guess, in yeah, a way? Yeah, essentially.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a, like an office space, but for the culinary uh, industry. And it's I was like, cool. damn, that's an awesome idea. Um,
2: you gotta be set. You gotta be smart. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. Bob and weave, right? I mean, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> would Mike Tyson say you, you, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face? And it seems like, you know, to some degree, everyone got punched in the face a little bit over the last oh, few months. Sure. But I mean, it, it also does seem like it's interesting now where, especially here in Washington, um, we're just a little like, are we ready to go back to normal? You know, mm-hmm. I know you guys kind of pulled the trigger to go back yeah georgia street, street. Is hit
1: man we're, we're yeah <laughs> we're, we're we're just uh we're doing we're, we're the wild, wild west over wild, wild east i guess over here man we just you know the virus doesn't exist you can go off and do uh do whatever you want so
2: yeah but i mean from from my perspective the folks are still looking i mean that was the problem in the beginning of this right how do folks train and, and what do we have to yeah. do and what exercises yeah. can i get in with limited equipment and and whatnot but it, it's been a fun pe, been a it's been a fun puzzle piece together for folks as as yeah. I think it's just so, a different man. way to do it, but fun.
1: For sure. I think so too, man. I think that, uh, I think there's a, a lot and I think people are starting to realize that there's a lot you can do with minimal equipment, <laughs> you know, um, or, or well, you just got to get creative or have somebody who has a creative capacity to be able to kind of figure that out.
2: Well, I mean, and, and sometimes it just, turning a positive or a negative into a positive i'll give you an example like just even trying to sort it out for a few clients um over there in the space who were like look i have zero stuff Mm -hmm. and you know my garage is built out pretty good so it was even cool for me as a guy who really likes the barbell i love swinging kettlebells um i like doing weightlifting variations but i decided for like a six week period i wasn't going to use anything so i was doing pull-ups in weird places i was doing squats yeah squat jumps split jumps push-ups and I'll tell you what, man. When you get after the body weight stuff, it kind of changed. It, it put me back to a space where I like to enjoy that. You know, it made me yeah. also think maybe I was doing too much. Was I swimming upstream too much? You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. To Take a step back was really helpful for me.
1: That's interesting. And what what, what uh what capacities did you find that uh, it was super beneficial for you? Like, um, did you notice yeah. like decreased achiness in your joints or anything? Or did you notice or did you notice any decreased performance when you got back to the barbell?
2: Well, so I actually am going right back to the barbell now, which is really interesting. So, without without touching a barbell for almost a two month period, I did like a a, a three rep three rep heavy test, which is something that I'll have a lot of folks do. And I, it's not a three rep max, but it's like a heavy. But I, I went back to it, and you know, I was still I hit a I hit a 135, uh, triple, um, 135 kilos. But we measure in kilos in my garage uh, as all as all everybody listening should get to doing at uh, right. 135 kilo back squat uh triple and an easy triple i i benched um i benched 120 for a triple pretty easy and i pulled um i pulled i pulled 155 for a pretty easy triple like so like i didn't lose a ton of strength which was i thought was really crazy um, yeah. But 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 doing high rep body weight stuff, um, I will say, um, I think I'm going to close all my workouts with that and just yeah. shorten things up and do that because it just, um, I was telling my wife, it's it was fun to feel good after workouts again, not just <laughs> beat up and tired, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's it's almost like you get to feel athletic again, you know,
0: yeah, like uh, right.
1: you, get, you get to move around a little bit quicker, or, uh, you get to be have a little bit more variability, you don't have to be sweat quite so. Brace are so stashed because you don't have all this external load on your body you can just kind of let it do what it's uh what it wants to do to a degree right yeah. um which i think is awesome i think that that's honestly a missing piece in a lot of adult uh training in terms True. of like everyone gets under a barbell everyone wants to get strong like everyone gets under cut kettlebell and i love all that stuff and do it in my own training but a missing link is definitely like body weight um agility um and, and everything can be progressed or regressed in certain ways, but being able to like take the load off and just let your body move the way it wants to, um, yes. is a really fun thing to do and kind of like, kind of reach, kind of get the reap the rewards of some of your training too. Cause you're really like, Oh shit, I can jump pretty well now. Or it used to hurt my knee to, uh, do like a jumping lunge, uh, but now I feel pretty good with it. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff that comes from being a, all kinds of beneficial aspects that come from doing body weight training like that.
2: Well, and especially if you incorporate like jumping and landing, and um, you know, even um, you know, even getting a medicine ball and throwing that around, because I think a, a big piece, yeah. you know, I think, well, I think well, the well. I, th- I think the, um, you know, I think the jury's out, and folks understand they should be getting stronger, you know, in contrast to like all the sitting and sedentary stuff we're doing, but I don't think too many folks are hitting that that peak velocity training, that really fast stuff. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah, you're not going to get that at even you know, a light 70% day, or even if you drop down to 50% for a warm up. I don't think people are spending enough time like doing things really hard, really fast. And, um, right. that, that, right. that true anaerobic stuff. And, and you get that with the body weight stuff. Yeah. And, and at low cost, I think, cause you, you know, yeah. you're not going to get hurt cause you're not loaded up and you're not tripping over
1: things. And, um, it, mm-hmm. I love it, man. Dude, for sure. It, it reminds me of the story that I had. Uh, this is way back when I first w- started working for AP. I was like, holy shit. Um, this patient, she was uh, outside of her, on her front yard, like talking to her neighbor or something like that. And her daughter was out on like a, like a, one of those plastic, like uh, tricycle, like big wheel kind of things. Sure. And um, they had a, like a retaining wall um, in their front yard. And the daughter started going down towards this retaining wall. <laughs> so the, the mom nice. saw it out of her, out of like the corner of her eye and went to go take a quick cut, essentially, and to go grab her daughter, ended up tearing her ACL. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> not funny, by the way. I'm not laughing at her.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's fine now, so, like, the story's funny now, but at the time, definitely yeah. not. Ended up tearing her ACL, um, did grab her daughter, and this is where she's like, uh, like, moms are just badass in general, but went, like, superhero mom on this moment, but, like, Tori ACL, still was able to manage to grab her daughter, daughter, pull her back from the retaining wall, but then fell off the wall herself, and broke her wrist <laughs> nice so yeah daughter was safe but and i and i that story really stuck with me honestly and it still has this day in terms of the importance of just being able to like stress your body not just in a heavy way but in a fast way i think that's a i think that's really important
2: well that's where athleticism is right i mean i made a post a couple of days ago where i was just jumping rope and i got got this idea that like the, the adult who says they've lost their athleticism or never had it was probably the kid reluctant to pick up a jump rope and never do it because it's hard right like it starts right there you know you know jump get a jump rope do some squat jumps you know progress through a split squat do different things and then you can build then interesting things off of that you know jump and sprint i just think that you know yeah finding simple ways to move really fast and aggressive um it's one thing to do with the snatch where it's super technical and there's load and there's a lot of things that can go down but you know yeah. I, I i just kind of forgot how cool and how hard you can work by just doing it with just your body and it's really low it's there's a low threshold for injury there if, yeah, if you're being relatively safe board yeah and do them and you don't need a bunch of stuff, you know. And not to mention, the stuff's hard to get now anyway. You yeah. know, everybody's sold right. out, so
1: oh my gosh, man! Yeah, I was uh, I was actually looking up some, or I was on Rogue's website today trying to find um, some more bumper plates or something like that. For I've got this, uh, I've got this, I call it like my my hidden my hidden gym, um, <laughs> in my shed. Uh, you, oh, open awesome. it up, you wouldn't notice that there's like a, a pretty fully functional gym in there, but you remove the lawnmower and the leaf blower out of the way, and you're, uh, good, to go. you're good to go, man! You got it there, yeah. <laughs> I
2: actually, um, I scored a great set of rogue um, competition bumper plates over this whole thing. I don't know what happened. Somebody, um, th- I've been waiting for this deal my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I've wanted the competition set, competition collars, competition bumpers, competition colors, even the chip plates, got a super deal on them. Someone wanted to offload them. I think they got them. And then- I got to talking to the guy, and I honestly think he just was sick of converting the kilos. (laughs) He he, he kept just saying, "I'd rather lift in pounds," and I'm like, "What?" So
1: um, it worked out (laughs) for me. (laughs) I've got a I've got a buddy of mine, (laughs) and it's the same. Like you know, he's never like he's he's a stud athlete, but like has never been like in like. He's not—he's not very big in like the strength and conditioning world, but this dude just naturally gifted as an athlete, right? Like sure. six, he's 6'5", 230, just you know, seven percent body fat, just stacked, right? Um, and like he was—he was really frustrated because the gym went out of uh, the gym went out of business here a few years ago called Crossfit Atlanta, and we got—we got quite a few—quite uh, a bit of equipment from there. And he got a bunch of um, plates, and he asked me to get him like a 45 uh, pound plate, a 35 pound plate, and I got him like the kilo versions of that. (laughs) And I took over, and I was like, I don't even know how much weight I'm really even freaking lifting anymore, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's is what's cool about kilos. I mean, you do lift in them for a bit, and then you do the conversion, and you're like, oh wow, you know, it's pretty cool. But I do (laughs) think there are some sneaky things with, with kilos, like when you lift. And you're trying to do like a one kilo linear progression, it's a sneakier way to get strong. You know, there's there's yeah. it's just it's just different. It's fun. You, you know, yeah. and I think it's like anything else, if you do it long enough, that's just what you get used to. Like now when I go into a hotel gym or whatever and I'm I'm like, what is
1: that in kilos? What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. I'm a patient. She's uh she's from Australia and um she she was just ragging on the uh the the metric or the uh the american system here i'm saying like it just makes no sense i don't know why you guys have to do make everything so complicated like that's fair
2: we're elitists right we're stuck. right
1: (laughs) why yeah right um that's cool man so then um you, you outside of just body weight stuff like i mean dude you're really creative with being able to get people involved with just about everything that they have i know i've got a patient um that was crushing it with a rehab center over your way. She's a uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, athlete, has some pretty strong um, aspirations for that or takes it pretty seriously. So what what are some challenges that you have that you found that's associated with that? Well, it, it's, it's kind of it's always different being in person versus completely online. Cause this person lives in Atlanta. Like you've never once met. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so
2: that is interesting. And, and you, you have to talk to them and honestly, that's where it starts. You talk to about what they want and the, the person in particular you're talking to is super motivated, not just wanting to do jujitsu. Like she wants the Brown belt now. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's a lot. And in particular, um, you know, to say more she's a female and that's not an easy space to get into i I mean i I tinkered in jujitsu for a little bit i did it for about a year and i'd probably still be doing it but the school i was doing it at was just letting us roll too much and i'm just not interested in fighting anymore not interested in getting hurt and you know they were really they want to get guys in the octagon they were trying to do that and um i would love to get set up in a place that did more of the drill stuff because i i like the crawling i like the weird you know, there's some real isometric stuff that happens and and there's also some really cool stimulus you get with like learning how to calm down in really stressful situations that that wow. I found really beneficial. But um sure. uh the, the challenge with the challenges, you know, with jujitsu in particular are really interesting. Um just because I think it's really awkward it's, it, you have to be awkwardly strong in different places. Like, you know, it, especially from a female perspective, you know, they're probably going to get mounted. So how can they be strong in their back? Stuff like that. And then, yeah. you know, how can you keep somebody down and, and get takedown? So, but, but ultimately I think it goes down to what we said before, if you can find different ways to take the um, base movements, when we're talking about like vertical pushes, horizontal pushes, squats, you know, different pulling patterns, just kind of link variations to that kind of in a way that's going to benefit what they're doing, I think you'll be okay. Um, and, yeah. you know, and and for the most part, I think, you know, I think what does Brett Bartholomew say over there, your way in Atlanta, by the way that, you know, everyone can benefit from getting stronger, you know, power is going to increase everything. So, right. um, you know, the, building general athleticism is always where i'm going to start it but then you know yeah. knowing a little bit about the sport really helps because then you know you know they want to crawl a little bit you know maybe jiu is going to require some different mobility and you know because they want to do jiu-jitsu maybe we don't have to get them right into weightlifting but you know generally too um i think the other thing is i'm a, i'm sneaky about always selling people and going in a weightlifting direction. <laughs> because that's what i like and i'm like hey you know by the way <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just about force production and you know using the ground to move something um barbells bodies you know we, we can get to weightlifting pretty quick <laughs> if you want to work on it so
1: for sure especially this this patient in particular she's i mean dude, she's a badass man she um and she's in there with predominantly dudes that weigh her by a ton you know yep. and puts a ton of stress on her body. She's always, and she's a vet too. So she's either coming in with either like bite marks or claw marks or bruises. Yes. <laughs> I am like, it, I'm like I guess there was
2: call? a story that someone brought a bobcat into her. Have you heard this story? No,
1: I haven't heard <laughs> this one. A
0: bobcat?
2: Yeah. So I was talking with Danny about, <laughs> about this situation. He goes, yeah, ask her about the time someone brought, it. yeah, I guess this group or a family had found what they thought was just a stray cat and they get it in <laughs> and the way the cat was just bobbing and weaving and she's like this is this is a bobcat man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but no she's super motivated um and, and jiu-jitsu is one of those things that anyone who does that for any length of time they're um they're cut from a different cloth and it's, it's in a weird way it's a cloth we can all get into i think if you find the right school in the right place it's something we should all get into but um yeah um but but you know to to speak on more about even from a strength coach the in- interesting things about jujitsu too i will take it on too is like you know keeping them in the game and active is as as important as any strength gains are going to get because you're not you don't know what's going to happen in there training talking with about this athlete you know we're going through some things and she's like oh i did a tight roll this happened and so and so you know torqued my shoulder you know that's just going to happen and so you know knowing that that's going to happen you should you should have a couple things in your back pocket always. Um, you know, if you can't do pushups, can't do burpees, well what can they do to get that horizontal push in, you know, um, you know, it's just having a toolbox and not being afraid to dig into it.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure, man. And you, you've you've got quite the extensive toolbox and I think what's really cool about, um, the the model that we kind of have established here is that, um, if one of those issues become a little, um, complex, or if you need that one-on-one attention, or if like there's unrelenting pain, essentially that's yeah. been, that's been lingering around. Like now you get the opportunity to come work with as part of your team. Uh, you get the opportunity to come work with a physical therapist who has a good relationship with the strength coach, who understands a little bit of the performance side um, and can help you can help guide you towards those goals still. And on top of being able to maintain communication with the coach. Um, so, yeah. like, I mean, this person, she, she ended up like tweaking her shoulder a little bit, like you talked about, and it was having a lot of time, a lot of hard times with that horizontal pushing, come to find out like, uh, you know, when you hurt your shoulder, your body will do things to make sure that you don't hurt it further. Right. Uh, mm. And one of those is pain. Pain is protective in nature. I think that, um, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of pain thinking that pain equals tissue damage. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, what pain can be. And so for her in particular through, she came in, did, we did an eval and found out that with her, uh, with the pain that she was kind of experiencing, she was, um, her, 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 nervous system was almost like inhibiting her rotator cuff to a degree. So she wasn't maintaining stability of her scapula or her shoulder blade quite as well as she should. So then anytime she was doing any type of horizontal pushing motion, especially as she started getting deeper in that position, she was starting to lose scapular stability. And then mm-hmm. all that force and all that pressure was going onto her, her actual shoulder joint or the glenohumeral joint. And then, uh, but then it was really simple, really like just to be able to get a set of eyes on that. And, and that's tough to see. You're not gonna be able to really see that over a computer screen unless it's mm-hmm. really apparent. Um, but then to be able to make that quick correction and then get her back to training and back towards progressing towards her goal, with was to you, I think that's a killer combination that, um, is pretty unique to the space actually. Yeah. And we were able, and
2: that was cool too. Like even before, you know, like there's, there's, there's some sound principles in this whole game that are important in assessment from my standpoints, one of them. So what's really cool about getting the handoff from you guys is uh, especially with the communication that you provide. It's like, Hey, here's what we assess movement wise. Here's what she can do. Here's what she does. Watch out for this. But then yeah. to recycle that when something comes up, just cause she didn't miss a day of training. You know, she missed, she, she, we, we held her back. Um, we held her back from doing some lifting for like three days, right? Yeah. And it was like half a week where she could come just to make sure, but then, you know, she's right back into it. We adjust some movements. I threw some, I threw some more like isometric, um, stability work, um, from different planes into her warm up, and just changed the pushing pattern. So rather than drop her into a burpee or having to do pushups, we just put her on her back where she could stabilize. And she was just doing yeah. some, um, bottoms up kettlebell variations uh some faster um uh horizontal med ball presses and you know we're working we're working to that place and, and my standpoint from that is until she till she tells me she really needs to do like a push-up we'll just stick with these patterns you know and, yeah. and and go from there um but no it's fun it's it's a it's a fun puzzle to piece together and it's yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> You know my wife's a physical therapist you know i've got a history of uh you know communicating well with danny and 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 doing this with you guys it's just fun it's a really fun way to do it and yeah. um, it to be honest it's selfishly it expands my toolbox a bit you know what i mean because yeah. you just oh you can do that you can do that preventatively and for me i think the the Funnest part of the thing is, and to, we'll, we'll stick on this athlete a bit. She always told me she doesn't like warming up. She always blows off the warm up. <laughs> so like I take it as a challenge to to write prep for her that she'll yeah. actually do and enjoy doing. And it's cool to get an email from someone that say, "This warm up stuff is something I usually don't buy into," but uh, that one was pretty good. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so that's I, nice. I,
1: I think that comes back to your your communication skills that you have uh, with with these clients and just. Actually listening to them and, and taking yep. their, their likes and their interests and not just saying like, well, here's how I train people, you know, yep. um, like actually like meeting them with where they're at, what they enjoy to do, having the, having the, the sound foundation. Um, I, I heard this quote a little while ago. I honestly don't remember where I read it from. It may have been like the power of habit or I don't know, a book of some sort, but um, it said like mastery allows for creativity. And so sure. uh, you 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 truly do have like a strong foundation or a strong like mastery of the, of the fundamentals. You're always wanting to strive to learn for sure. But then that that nice foundation allows you to be creative with how you uh, with how you program things, whether yeah. it be from a prep or a warm up or however you even want to phrase that. You could just totally get rid of the whole warm up component in in the in the actual platform. But then the initial part of the workout is is a warm up, right? Like it doesn't have to be like this um, really dichotomous. And a siloed off way of of training that can be kind of boring for certain people, especially with someone with high energy who's who's got like athletic training who's who seems to be training for like truly training instead of for a sport instead of just trying to work out and and get a good work lifted. Yeah,
2: because ultimately, even you know, again, we'll we'll talk about this athlete in particular. Like she doesn't want to waste five minutes just getting a sweat because yeah. she's doing her work. She's doing her workout for the sport that she loves and wants to get better at like on her lunch break. So, you know, how can you creatively package that five minutes that, you know, as a coach, okay, I need to get her, you know, this mobility is going to take place better if, you know, if she's warm, if she's got a bit of a sweat going, but, you know, to tell this motivated woman to just take a five minute jog and then get to training, it's just not going to be enough for her. So it's just like, Hey, you know, let's, you know, and my puzzle for that prep piece is always just, you know, these, you know, interesting little supersets, you know, I'll just program something three to five rounds and I try to hit something Corey, you know, I, I try to hit something that's going to like get them twitchy and, and and get that bounce going like a jump rope. And then, you know, then I'll try and do something specific that's going to be some sort of a skill building um, session for the movements to come later on. And I think it's just that simple. So for her a little bit, it's like, you know, bounce the rope a bit. Then, um, uh then the, the weird one is getting into the the, the trunk progressions that are going to keep this this one going. So yeah. I, I kind of lean on rather than planking and, and some stuff that can be kind of thought of as boring. I really like a simple like dead bug progression because you can do any number of things for that. It's um, a challenge. And then, um you know, and then the movement of the day, you know, we'll get into something else. But I don't think it has to be super complicated. And that yeah, seems to work.
1: Yeah, you, don't, you definitely don't need to overcomplicate things. I'm sure you see this all the time from, like, the coaches you interact with or programming you've seen or people come from somewhere else or maybe even learning from mistakes as a young coach yourself. But I think there is a lot of, like, over overthought that goes in yeah. or overthinking things that uh, goes into programming sometimes. Um, well, I see it all the time in in, in the PT world, too, uh, where I have someone coming in with back pain, and, like, they can't even they, – they, they have minimal hip – internal or external rotation and they're trying to hit like a back squat or a deadlift and they're coming in from some other provider and not saying like i'm not awesome by any means but i i I truly do try to like i follow the Kiss principle pretty pretty religiously where i just try to keep things really simple and um like and this patient was coming in from another pt who's trying to get into like these really intricate um like really tiny muscles that is most likely not going to make that large of an impact on her on her back pain like and you can't really feel really train those anyway and uh like so they're trying to get into like the top two percent of what could be going on instead of looking at like well shit you can't rotate your hip to to, to where you need to like that's a that's a bigger problem so then if your hip can't move the way it needs to move guess what that next joint the joint closest to it is going to be the one that takes up that slack and that's your back um and your back's not very good at being a hip. It's great at being yeah, a back. That's right. So uh we get that we get those hips moving a little bit better and your back feel a little bit better. Uh, but I'm sure you see that all the time in similar scenarios in the coaching world.
2: Yeah, and I think what ends up happening is people get married to like um they get married to exercises or they get married to like a specific yeah. thing and then they try to fit it back. But what I've kind of fallen in is again, um inspired by really Again, you talk about Brett Bartholomew doing things savagely well, right? He says that. And then the the guys even at like Power Athlete, like, you know, yeah, football's a really complicated sport and so is jiu-jitsu. But I'm sure at the base of it, you're still pressing, pulling, jumping, hinging and, you know, lunging, you know, I mean, it's really not that complicated. So um, a a lot of the creativity, again, going back to what you said is is mastering the basics and then, okay, well, what's this little spin I can put on it to just make this a little bit more relevant or a little bit more easier or harder that day? How can I progress this? How can I go forward and upstream of that? And that's the process and it's super fun. It's super fun.
1: Yeah, man, I love I love the uh, I love the adaptation you made by saying like, okay, this person can't press or can't do any type of horizontal pressing because um, yep. she loses that scapular stability. Let's put on her back. Let's let that floor give her that stability. And then and from there, I love that. And that's so simple. But like so many people would just be like, all right, well, we're just going to move this. We're just going to avoid this movement altogether.
2: Well, and, and even coming at that too, I think another layer of that is you should be, um, you should be. If you're in this space, whether you're fixing broken people or you're trying to make people stronger, you should be doing some of it. So even that pressing variation, I stopped bench pressing a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and and to kind of amend what I said earlier about the um, the bench press I did um, with my little three rep test getting back to the barbell, I do most of that from the floor now yeah. for that reason. You know, um, there there's a... Again, another inspirational character folks should check out is a, a powerlifter named Donnie Thompson, and he does yeah. these, like, fat pad situations, <laughs> but I started floor pressing, and I just think it's a it's a better version of it, so I'll do yeah. a ton of push-ups, but when I really load for a heavy horizontal push, you know, I go to that, so I was like, okay, you know, let's just do a version of that, so we're working her through, again, she, maybe she'll get some dumbbells when she can get to it, but... um you know, it just allows you to to kind of pack that shoulder right. And then always the conversation is, you know, you can feel how you can create that. Then maybe as we get her back to her push ups, or even now she's talking about maybe getting some rings, the thought for her would be before she even compressed those rings, can you create that stability holding maybe a front plank from the rings first? So, um, there's another way to progress it. So, you know, the, the thought is always have, you know, where do we need to go if something bad happens, but where are we going to push them forward when, when things are going really
1: well? Yeah. Dude, I love it. And, and that's, that's super cool too, man. Do you see people like, is that a common thing that you see like right now? Like, like Oh man, like, like really kind of buying it or, or getting like really digging the training. Like, Oh, I should get, a, I should get a set of rings. Like that'd be awesome. To, add to my added Yeah.
2: Well, that's, what's fun too. Like you, it I guess this is a weird thing is like you said before, like, um, with your, um, even in your practice or, you know, when you're a young coach, you feel like you have to prove something or you have to do these jazzy things to yeah. get people interested in your coaching or your training or your perspective as a therapist. But when you're in it long enough, you start to play these mind tricks on people to get them to do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. I just, I like rings. I think they're super yeah. valuable. Right. Yeah. And and um, yeah, I'm always looking for people, you know, Hey, you know, you should think about getting a. You know, you should think about getting a medicine ball, kettlebell. Kettle kettlebells are yeah. pretty cool. You know, I'm always throwing things out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. of food to man. have. Plant yeah. food, let them grow. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There's yeah. a, you know, there's a couple folks who, um, you know, wanted to pick up medicine balls, wanted to pick up kettlebells, and um, you know, even um, you know, another another fella we're training on the platform. He's another jujitsu guy. You know, I got him doing. You know, he came in saying he's done you know, old school strength, you know, I used to do a lot of that. I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, let's try, you you have a big bench press. Well, let's try to press vertically from a split position and see how that goes. Right. (laughs) So even just being armed to do some things like that where you can, and that's another fun thing to do where you got this guy who understands old school, like strength programming, and that's what he likes, but then, okay, how can I put my weightlifting twist on it to show him maybe he's not as strong as he thinks he is. Right. And, and let's get some training in in these different these different planes or these slightly different variations.
1: Yeah, dude, I love that too because it's sparking creativity. Uh, like, yep. I'm sure this dude is getting bored to death of doing strict press or doing bench press. And maybe uh, some guys
2: don't. They, you know, these
1: guys. That's are true. Four hundred
2: <laughs> pound benches,
1: and you know, that's but, true. Uh, that'll yeah, beat world. you up, dude, for sure. Like, and like, I, I have this massive that I talk about all the time where um you know i think people abuse movement patterns quite a bit so like people always want to talk about like abusing like muscles or i do too or do a joint too much or I, but like i actually think people can move can abuse patterns too much um and, and and we can keep it really simple that way so like i'll use that i'll use that conversation a lot with um if i'm working with somebody who's a pretty heavy power lifter or somebody who's a pretty or a pretty um high volume runner like a lot of times that sagittal plane can just beat you up and if we can, yeah, you of that, uh, and we can and we can move you into some different planes of motion and we can kind of like trick your body <laughs> into doing something that is going to be beneficial for you uh, it's going to go a long way and that just making you feel better um, it's true that strength training can improve your mobility as well. Uh, it can improve reduce your risk of injury. And then, uh, but then you get somebody like you who can throw that creative side of things and not just make people do lateral lot lunges till they're ready to, ready to puke then. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, it's just, and it's a, it's a fun change up, right? And then yeah. the conversation too continues where it's like, why are you doing this? You know, too, like, why, why do you need a 400 pound bench press? Why are you fixated on doing that move that heavy all the time? Okay, let's take it to the floor. Let's um, put a different spin on it, and and at the heart of it, you figure out that you know maybe they're they didn't really know why they wanted that big bench, right? So <laughs> if you can trick them to doing different moves or program different things and be creative about it, um, you can get more to really why they're training. And then yeah. if the training is for jujitsu or. Yeah to keep your kid off the retaining wall. Like, is it really that important to smash your pecs and your shoulders with, with a bench press right now? Let's just do something different for a little bit. So a lot of that too is, you know, smart, being smart enough to check your ego and smart enough to rotate movements around where you're always playing catch up a little bit. And I think maybe that's even what was at the heart of the CrossFit in the beginning, right? That that constantly varied stuff. There's, there's a ton of value in that, you know? And, um, But I also think you can periodize it in a way where you can always progress smartly and avoid kind of the big bonk out or the big injury.
1: Yeah, for sure. And dude, we could get, we could get into that for a super long time. I mean, that's like, like Westside barbell, man. Like what, like, uh, they say like 90% of their movements are auxiliary lifts (laughs) and that's right. Or like the, uh, are, are the main components of like powerlifting and they produce consistently like the strongest people in the world, man. So um, they're constantly getting people out of their, out of their normal positions and they're not just beating up the same movement patterns every single day in the gym, which is really important if you want to have longevity, not just in the sport of weightlifting, um, but in the sport of life. And if you want to continue to just feel good when, uh, when you leave the gym. So, yeah. Plus yep. the auxiliary
2: stuff's fun. That's like sure. you know, even getting back to this body weight stuff as I've been just hammering pull-ups and push-ups again and like you know, body weight rows. Like I'm like, oh, there's that bicep. You know, you get that <laughs> yeah, get that good pump, yeah. there's that chest again, you know. It looks like yep. you know, so that stuff is fun, and um I love to put that, but I'll I'll put the same like I put the same spin on the auxiliary movements as I do with the warm-up. So I'm always trying to think of like you know, different little ways where we can kind of attack it, you know, maybe that's with a little bit more load, maybe that's a little bit more reps, but, you know, just, just to keep it novel for them. You know, I think that's super important. And sometimes that takes, that does take a a coach who's interested enough in you to be creative, right? Because even if we're doing our own programming, I think we ultimately kind of always look for the same thing, you know what I mean? So it's cool to have a different perspective.
1: Yeah, man, I love that. And I I think that all circles back around to you, um, uh, having a team of people that yeah. actually care about your goals <laughs> and who you are as yeah. an individual and kind of where you're coming from, not just in the gym, but like in life. Cause like if you're super stressed out from trying to hit a bunch of quota uh, or trying to hit like a certain quota with your job because of COVID and everything else, like you may not want to beat someone up in the gym or there may be underlying issues why they have back pain. And uh, I think you do a really good job of that. And I think it's, I think it's an awesome way to kind of combine this team approach that we have.
2: Well, yeah, there's like one dude we're working with. He's like got a big, he's got a lot of work to do with the CDC right now. Right. And like (laughs) he sends me messages every now and I'm sorry about training. Sorry about this. And I'm like, Hey man, sometimes, sometimes work matters too. Right. So like, and that's, that's another part about training that, you know, I was having this conversation with my wife. I was like, part of the thing too is, and I don't want to, I always have to be sensitive about saying this the right way because I don't want to deteriorate what I do or what you do either. But I also don't want people taking training so seriously. Like it's, fun, get in and out of it. You know, like you're not, you're not your score, right? You're not the three days you put in a gym. Like we can always switch things up. We can always rebound and we can always lift another day. You know what I mean? Like, but sometimes things come up and that's okay. You know what I mean? So enjoy the process, have fun with it. Um, You know, and and I got there from a really weird place, having some really interesting like downs after playing CrossFit games and going to like USA... W events and you know, every time I'd come back from those events, I still had to change the diapers. You know, I still had to be here. You know, the wife hugged me, but you know, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a really hard the lesson to learn.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: But that was hard, you know. Guys yeah. are wrapped up in their egos, and it's hard to like it's hard to check your ego at the door and say, Okay, it doesn't matter that I didn't increase my total today, you know, but yeah. but it Yeah. You know, and and that's, that's another hard thing to work through. So again, I think that that's just where, you know, having, like you were mentioning, you know, people who really care about you to really put things in perspective, is really helpful.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to maintain. I remember like um, another quick story about, about a patient uh, came in, had a, had back, or had neck pain and like this was a, starting to become a consistent um, theme for the week. We're having a lot of people come in with neck pain. And yeah. I forget which open it was. I think it might have been the 2017 open, or 18 <laughs> open. Um, but there's a bunch of handstand push-ups in there, and people were trying to like bounce off their skulls to kip up and get one more handstand push-up. And uh, like, look, I get it. I'm I'm a competitive. I'm super competitive, but um, your perspective is important. Like, if you're like, well, how much does that one rep really mean? If like now you can't like like bend over and put your kid in the crib or you can't turn your neck to, uh, to look for traffic, especially here in Atlanta, traffic's already horrible enough. People are terrible. Right. Um, <laughs> how important is it for you to be able to do that versus just that one more handstand push up would take you from 20,000th in the world to 1997 or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, or
2: even if it's a big jump, like if you're going from 20th to 3000, like I get it,
1: but yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
2: you know, I my, the very first open at remind having this child this is puts me in the The most I was ever in the pain cave was uh, the week my son was born. My first son was the last week of the first open. And I was sitting at like, at that time, if you were top 60 in your region, you, you were an individual qualifier. Yeah. And I was sitting there, I was sitting there at like 58 and then everyone inputted their scores and I dropped out. And then, that was the son of my foot. My, that again, the, my son was born that week, so I was in the hospital with my wife. I came back um, from being in the hospital with them for three days and tried to do that Fran ladder, which was like I forget how many minutes it was, but it was like three pull ups, three thrusters, and it kept going up by three for the yeah. time period. Yeah, I ended up doing that workout like uh, two or three times in a day, just <laughs> trying to beat that scoring and qualify and. Yeah at the time I was like, man, this matters. I need to get into this. I need to qualify as an individual. And then, you know, now it doesn't, you know what I mean? And you know, (laughs) it didn't really matter, but it did at the time. Right. So
1: for
2: sure. sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like your perspective of what does matter can change. And like, um, yeah. and like, look, I'm not here to tell you what is or isn't important in your life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just here and, and you're here to just kind of like make your life better. Right. Yeah. And, uh, training at the end of the day should be absolutely that it shouldn't be something that makes your life worse. It shouldn't make you yeah. it shouldn't be a stressor. Um, it shouldn't add, um, any levels of negativity to your life. Sometimes sure you're allowed to have, it's not going to be fun every single day, but that's part of the process and just, and just being consistent and and enjoying the process I think is the most important part. So
2: it's strenuous, right? That's what we're looking for. There's a, was it Teddy Roosevelt talk? I mean, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, as I get into like this hunting space a bit, you you learn about hunting in public lands. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt's a big figure, but he talked a lot about living a strenuous life. And uh, I don't think people know, at least I didn't how, how miserable his childhood was because he was wow. so racked yeah, by asthma good. and poor yeah. health, and yeah. what he had to do to overcome that. And it wasn't—he worked hard for it. But when he worked hard, he was doing a lot of stuff that he enjoyed. He liked hiking. His, mm-hmm. his dad hooked him up with maybe the original home gym. Right? He had a cool gymnastic set on the second floor, and he hiked, he shot, he ran, he 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 did push-ups, he fought. He, him and his brother fought a lot. And but yeah. it it was the right stress. So it, to, I guess yeah. it's a way to dose it the right way. Right. I think yeah. we all have a stress cup, you know, can you just keep it almost from in where you can enjoy it? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Joe, man, this has been an awesome conversation. Um, I think, I, I think our listeners are getting a lot of value out of this. I'm super excited to get this one out there for y'all. Um, cool. And we'll definitely got we have to have these conversations again, man. I think, uh, I, th- I think these are a ton of fun.
2: We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll do another check in and we'll, we'll, talk about all these athletes we care about behind their back on the podcast without using their names right, right? i mean we'll, maybe we'll
1: it'll be motivation for them to listen to it if i let them know they're gonna be on podcast or they have yeah that's right podcast. you know we'll at least get one listener on our show then so no.
2: <laughs> yeah we'll work it out man right but uh, no it's it's a ton of fun it's it's fun to talk training and you know it's it's fun to it's fun to interact with folks um who care about it in the same way but do it differently because i think there's 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 something bonding, I think, when, when the right PTs and, and strength coaches can work together. And it just seems to make a ton of sense to me.
1: Dude, for sure. When you get somebody who, when you get a team of people where you have like a, a, a person in the rehab setting who, can, who, has a, who has an understanding of the strength and conditioning world, and then you have a coach who has an understanding of the rehab world, sky's the limit with that in terms of the impact that you can make on somebody from a muscle standpoint.
2: I love it. We're trying to do it, right? That's what we're trying to do over here.
1: Trying to change the world, man. One one person at a time. (laughs) That's
0: right, brother. Well, thanks for
1: having me on, man. Um, Super fun. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. You have a good evening. I'll talk to you later, man.
0: We're doing it, man. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.